0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot lcom slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: Before we get started with today's episode of Bench with Bubba, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to try our new favorite app called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like the other guys. On draft, you play live snake drafts with other people just like in your season-long league. Drafts last just for one night. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Just set it and forget it. And the best part? You play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just one dollar, so there's a draft for everyone. Trust me, I love playing draft. I play golf, I play NFL, basketball. You can play them um, three uh, you can play head-to-head, three man, six man. There's there's running leagues, you win one night, it keeps going for four, five, six nights. You can play a dream team. There's all kinds of great ways to play draft. And you can join me today. Just search draft in your app store or play right from your computer on draft.com. And when you enter promo code SD Sports. You got to enter the promo code SD Sports. You get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code SD Sports. That's right. Playing a real money game for free just for using the promo code SD Sports when you make your first deposit. Just again, search draft in your app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code SD Sports. Now to this week's edition of Best with Bubba. And welcome back everybody to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 109. We're going to talk some fantasy baseball, some trade uh, acquisitions and their effects on your fantasy teams. Some players to possibly target in the second half. In order to do so, we're going to be joined by a special guest. You can find him on Twitter at fantasyaid One. Andrew McClintock, how are we doing, man?
2: Hey, good. How are you?
1: Good, good. Thanks for uh, joining me tonight. Should be. A lot of fun. Uh, you can find A- An- uh, Anthony's work or Andrew's—God, sorry, Andrew's work—over on uh, Fancy Front Office and at The Sports DJs. He's been writing for us lately, and uh, it's been really, really awesome stuff. So, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. All right, uh, trade deadline is uh, off and cracking, and the deadline is not till Tuesday, but it's already been going strong. Uh, we talked about Machado last week, so we're going to skip over that one. And we'll start with. Zach Britton to the Yankees. So some of the answers to this will be simple, some not so much. I think we can probably agree that Zach Britton's value is pretty much worthless now in New York. But the question I have to you is how much do you run out there and try to grab a Brad Brock, even though he might be traded as well?
2: Uh, you know, I don't think he'll be traded just because he's had a down year. Uh, I don't think he's 100% the closer. He did get the save two days ago. But I think Michael Givens is still in the mix there because he was the eighth-inning man um, before Britain got traded. But so far, it does look like Brock is the guy to own in Oriole land.
1: Okay. Say you had to take a pick this weekend. Would you put anything out there and try to grab Givens or just kind of watch and see how it keeps unfolding?
2: I'd – watch and see how it's unfolding right now. Gibbons doesn't have the best ratios like Brock, so. Okay.
1: Yeah, he's got some good stuff, but a little scary at times. Um, let's look at the Cleveland Indians who bolstered their bullpen to get ready for the postseason by adding Brad Hand. And the first half of the deal we'll talk about is the Cleveland side of things. And Brad Hand just makes that bullpen extremely scary because look at Andrew Miller back soon. You have Cody Allen who's having a very down season for Cody Allen standards. They got Adam Simber in the deal with Hand, who's been playing well, so on and so forth, very loaded bullpen. But uh, Brad Hand got the save yesterday. Do you see Hand getting some saves here, or is that just kind of a every-once-in-a-while type deal?
2: I think as long as Cody Allen doesn't perform to what we've seen him perform, that Brad Hand will continue to see saves. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're shy in using a left-hander for saves.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting deal because we saw back in the day Andrew Miller would get some spots here and there. We know Francona likes to, especially come postseason time, likes to use his bullpen kind of more situational, not more you know the standard approach we see. So it could be a very interesting scenario of uh, getting a, a Brad hand out there. So I know Brad hands uh, he's owned in about seventy-five to eighty percent of most leagues. Is this a guy you're not dropping? Then is what we're saying.
2: Yeah, I would not drop him. I actually own him in the TGFBI league, so uh holding on to him there.
1: Well, I'll ask because I'm doing dreadfully bad in the TGFBI. How are you doing in that league?
2: Uh, middle of the road. I think I'm in seventh or sixth place in my own personal league and uh, about middle of the pack when it comes to everybody.
1: Which league number are you in?
2: Uh, 16, I believe. Oh, 16. Okay.
1: Very, very nice. Uh, let's talk one more closing situation. You mentioned it right before we jumped on, and I kind of looked over it uh, in the day because it happened kind of quietly. But the Milwaukee Brewers, who are having a heck of a season, you know, running, <laughs> running neck and neck with the Cubs as best they can, uh, they need some starting pitcher help and some bullpen help. Well, they got some bullpen help today, picking up Joaquin Soria from the Chicago White Sox starting – do you think Joaquin Soria is a option to close in Milwaukee, or are they going to keep doing what they're doing?
2: No, he's droppable at this point.
1: Okay. Now, to the real talk, Is this how do you see it playing out in Chicago with their closing situation?
2: Uh, I think Jace Fry uh, is the person to own when it comes to uh, the White Sox. Uh, he's been their eighth inning man, and I think he'll step into the role.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, could be a very interesting situation there because, you know, being the White Sox and all, they don't have a ton of save situations usually, but someone's going to win and uh, get the job, so you might as well run it out because we have about just about two months of the season left, a little over two months to go, so about 60 games or so. Let's talk Boston Red Sox. They went and got a starter in Nate Eovaldi, and he, he, he had a good stretch of starts there for the uh, the Marlins, a couple of hiccups here and there. But overall, pitched really well. He's going to be able to give depth to a, a team that needed more bullpen help and starting help. But um, it moves maybe Pomeranz to the bullpen for the lefty they need. And Ivaldi slides in, who has experience in the AL East. How do you see Iavaldi playing out uh, in uh, the AL East and the rest of the way for a fantasy standpoint?
2: Yeah, this is a guy I picked up uh, about four or five starts ago in uh, a lot of leagues because I like the stuff he was showing. You know, he's always had that promise. And it's a very interesting season for Evaldi. He's got his lowest hit per nine since his rookie year in 2011 with the Dodgers. But he also has his highest home run by nine, by far, with a 1.7 per nine. And that really has to come down you know uh, it that's hurting his ERA it'd be much lower without that home run per 9 but he does have his highest K per 9 and lowest walks per 9 so it it look, looks like he's having a good season except for the outlier with the home runs per 9 so if that can come down i think he can be a pretty good starter down the stretch for Boston
1: yeah i like that cuz some people are going to be scared off with the whole you know AL East Boston that kind of deal having to face the Yankees and everything. But do you think you're, you're thinking he's going to have a good run. Is he a guy he's probably taken in a lot of deeper leagues. Is he a guy you'd be looking to try to add this weekend?
2: Uh, depends on the matchup, but yeah, in general, I would.
1: Now, the interesting part of this trade that, that surprised me is the Tampa Bay Rays guy, Jalen Beeks return and pickups with the pro, with the, the, Red Sox this season And some use the theory that there are always prospects that you prove otherwise. But in the minors, he's been really, really good this year. Lots of strikeout stuff. um, A caper nine of 12.06. And some may say it might translate over. He seems like he could be a fit in Tampa Bay. Do you foresee that maybe being an option later this year for the Rays?
2: I definitely think so. They need the starting pitching, especially if Chris Archer does get dealt. Uh, as you said, he's got great strikeout numbers in the minors. Uh, he struggled a little bit in two starts in the majors. But, again, you know, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, I love him in Tampa Bay. I think they can get the most out of him more than so than Boston. It's a much easier market to deal with, uh, a lot less pressure on the rookie. So,
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, did you happen to see it was floating around Twitter yesterday? Uh, someone took a screenshot of the MLB.com depth chart for the Rays, and the only starting pitcher on their depth chart was uh, Chris Archer by himself.
2: I, I did see that. Yeah, that,
1: that that's pretty pretty darn funny. Um, just sums up their season as a whole. Sergio Romo Romo playing third base yesterday it was it was great great stuff. Uh, let's talk the New York Yankees. They uh, they they picked up Zach Britton, like we already talked about. But then today, they go and get a starter that they needed as well. They were rumored to maybe be in Cole Hamels and some other guys. They came back with J.A. Happ, who I actually prefer a little more than Cole Hamels, but to each their own. Um, Happ, you know, he's Mr. Consistent. That was always the kind of conversation all off season going into this season. And he's been really, really good this year, kind of struggled a bit of late. But what are you thinking of J.A. Happ wearing pinstripes the rest of the way?
2: Uh, He was already in a hitter's ballpark over in Toronto, so I'm, I don't have a problem with him pitching in Yankee Stadium. Strikeout numbers are great, 130 and 114 innings. You know, the ERA isn't terrible. Uh, I think he could be a reliable back-end to spot starter guy the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, I think he's very, very serviceable for sure and uh, should be on most rosters because – like similar to the Eovaldi thing, people will say, well, he's in the AL East and everything with love Remember, that's where he came from. A big issue for him, like you said, already pitching out of a hitter's ballpark. Uh, now you don't have to face the Yankees, which is a big plus in that whole situation. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a very, very good spot for them the rest of the way. Let's talk a couple of youngsters that got the call of labor, We're going to see a lot more of that as the season keeps going on. But uh, the Rockies made a big move with DJ LeMahieu going to the DL with what some are saying it's a very serious oblique strain, depends on what it is. You never know how it's really going to heal. But they called up uh, prospect Garrett Hampson, who is a speedster. He's been stealing bases all through the minors. A little bit of pop, nothing crazy, but a really good guy. He hits around 280 to 300 pretty regularly. Uh, I know in TGFBI you probably saw a lot of the stuff getting out there from Smada's reports and everything that he went for prices all over the board. I got him for like 34 bucks in League 6, and no one else bid on him. Other guys spent 150 or so and couldn't get him. So what's your thoughts on Garrett Hampson the rest of the way? Because he could hold this spot for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, uh, I checked where he's batting. He's been batting seventh in the Rockies lineup, which isn't terrible. I mean, they have a pretty deep lineup. Uh, I I don't think he's a 12-team guy, but like in the TGFBI or like I picked him up in the 20-team league or – if you're in desperate need of steals and roto, he could be a guy to look at uh, for the rest of the way. I don't foresee him having too much value, you know. I don't. I don't see the power coming. It's like you said, he doesn't have much power. So mainly, just if you need steals.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the perfect point right there. If you're in need of steals, especially in a roto league, because head to head, you know, you don't really want to probably give up the other things he's not going to bring to the table. But if you need steals, you go for a guy like Hampson, or there's guys like Alberto Mondesi out there who looks to be getting the spots in, in Kansas City, stuff along those lines. Um, I like Hampson quite a bit. And you mentioned a good point about hitting seventh in the order. Man, if he could just be hitting kind of towards the top of the order in front of those big bats, his value would just skyrocket. Um, but maybe, maybe he starts getting some base hits and they move him around. Who knows? Maybe they'll let him get his feet wet. But it doesn't hurt playing in Coors Field for half of your games. Absolutely. Let's talk about a Mets prospect that got the call. I heard a lot of buzz about him when he came up. He's age, he's twenty six years old, so I guess he's not a young prospect anymore. Um Jeff McNeil, he showed a lot of promise in the minors uh, another guy that's not a tremendous power guy, but you know, between double A AA and Triple A already had nineteen homers on the year, which he really never showed prior to this year. So take that with a grain of salt. Um he's got, you know, ten still in base ability, but a really solid batting average and uh He's going to get the spot with the Mets, who are always getting hurt, so there should be a roster spot for him out there. He's only pinch-hit twice so far this year, I believe, but uh, maybe more to come. Is there any interest in a guy like Jeff McNeil, or is it just the Mets?
2: I think there is a little bit. I'm I'm intrigued by him. I mean, obviously, Jose Reyes has been one of the worst major league hitters this year, and I could see McNeil taking uh, spots away from Jose Reyes going forward. And you know it's at 26 years old. It is kind of late to make your debut, but he's just about as old as Jonathan Scope, so it's not like he's super old. So, mm-hmm.
1: no, it's a great point because uh, I guess in prospect terms, you expect he's old, but it's, it's a good point. He's really not that old because Scope. Everyone, you know, when they talk trading Jonathan Scope, oh, he's so young, is what you always hear. So, it makes it makes sense when you when you turn it that way. Like, heck, Shoei Otani's, what, 23 or 24? Or Maybe 22. I thought he was about 24. So, yeah, most of these guys, um, 26 isn't too bad. And the good part about, I guess, being on the Mets, if there's anything good about it, is they have nothing to lose by letting this kid go out and play. They called him up, do it. They're, they need to call Peter Alonzo up, but that's a whole other debate uh, for another day. But, um, Let's talk about a couple more rookies. We saw him in Cincinnati over earlier this week. Daniel Ponce de Leon, we'll start with him. He threw seven just outstanding innings of baseball. Had a no-hit bid going. Uh, The story behind the guy, for those that might not know, know, he got hit in the head a year or so ago, had that surgery. It was nasty, nasty. The fact he's pitching is impressive, and his stuff was great. Uh, What are you looking at with a guy like Ponce de Leon? He's already gotten sent back down, but – he could find a rotation spot again this year, even in the future. What are you looking at a guy like him?
2: Well, with Ponce de Leon, uh, the biggest problem I have with him is he's a fly ball pitcher. Uh, He did have four strikeouts in seven innings, which isn't great. Uh, He does have a K for nine in the minors this year, but it's been inconsistent throughout his career. Uh, I watched the start and he did get hit hard on a couple balls, you know, made some good catches. So Ponce de Leon, you know, it's just, I don't see him having a ton of value, especially if you're gonna, if he's gonna start and say like his next lined up start, if he did start, would be in Wrigley, and you don't want to be a fly ball pitcher with the wind blowing out.
1: Yeah, agreed, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because in the DFS chat we have on the and on you know, the Slack chat that was the biggest concern we had with Ponce de Leon is he had like a 50% fly ball rate in the minor leagues. And we're like, okay, you're going into a uh, great American small park with a 50% fly ball rate. Yeah. You know, it might've worked this time around going into the future. is going to be a little tricky. So um, the kid has good stuff. We'll see how it works. Uh, the way his stuff looks now, unless he improves it to me he feels more like a six or 17 relief type guy, but I could be totally wrong with how it works. Cause, that's why I sit on the other side of a computer and not in a front office somewhere. But um, it'll be really interesting. Now let's talk the other piece of the puzzle. And for those who listen to the Around the Bases podcast, um, we've had STL Cup of Joe on there quite a bit. He writes for The Athletic in St. Louis. And he absolutely loves Austin Gumber. Loves him, loves him, loves him. Like scary man crush. Might need a restraining order of love. And he's written about his, his pitches and the way he throws. And he loved them out of the bullpen. Well, they sent him back down to stretch him out. And he pitched the next night after Ponce de Leon, and he went uh, six and a third, two hits, two were in six Ks, and he looked really, really good. And as far as I'm aware, he's still up and still has a spot in the rotation, but that's very fluid at the moment. What are you doing with a guy like uh, Austin Gomber? Because to me, if he has a role, he seems like he might be worth a shot.
2: Absolutely. His curveball is a plus pitch. I watched the start. His curveball was just filthy. He had, even though he gave up the two runs, I would argue that he had a better, well, not a better start than Ponce Leone, but he's got better stuff and uh, it'll play more for fantasy, especially strikeout wise. And, you know, he gave up two runs. He got six innings of work and he's lined up to start uh, this Sunday, I believe, although there's been rumors that Dakota Hudson might also start. Uh, Hudson got pulled from the second inning and was seeing getting congratulations from uh, his manager. So it could be Dakota Hudson to get the call. But uh, if Austin Gomber does a, carve out a role, I could, I would add him in a 12 team league.
1: Nice. I like that call a lot because his stuff is really, really good. And it's interesting um, that they're calling up another arm. I get it. If you're the Cardinals, A, you're showcasing possible trade pieces. B, you've, kind of got to the point where you need to make a quick run. You just fired your manager, or you need to just kind of fix this whole problem. So see what you have and roll with it. So it'll be interesting to see, but I like Gomber a lot, just like you, and I'm, I'm hoping we get to see a little bit more of him as the season goes on. Let's talk about a couple guys that uh, got a handful of hitters, handful of pitchers that, you know, are off to good starts in the second half or ended, ended before the all Star break hitting pretty well. Could have some big second halves for our teams. Maybe not. Maybe it's just a cloud of smoke and we move along. But you did a couple great pieces on um, on the sports DJs about uh, so some players at first base that you could uh, target uh, in the second half to help you out. And then I believe, was it the outfield? I apologize now for this. Yeah, it was. was it the outfield? Outfield? Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Outfield and first base um, to target low owned guys. And one of them, I didn't even realize it until I went back and looked at the articles after I made the list is Jake Bowers, who's having an absolute tear now that he's gotten kind of regular playing time. He's playing the outfield also now, too, so it works in both scenarios. He's first-base outfit eligible on an o on DraftKings, and he's getting it most of your season-long leagues. But getting him regular playing time, he's looked good, already six homers on the year. Uh, what's your thoughts on a guy like Jake Bowers? This seems like a no-brainer.
2: Yeah, he's kind of a guy that does a little bit of everything. He doesn't do anything excellent, but he does everything good. Uh, if you look at the average, he's only batting 245, but he's walking at a 12.8% clip, so I'm not too worried about the average. Uh, I think he'll be a fantasy mainstay moving forward. Camp Bay's got a good one there. Uh, I'm all in on Jake Bowers when it comes to adding him in leagues. because uh, you know He'll just give you just that little of everything. He can steal a, some bags. He can hit some home runs. And that's really what you look for.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. We take this brief break from Bench with Bubba to talk to you about RotoWare. It's one of the best quality shirts in the industry. When I mean industry, all the clothing industry, the fantasy sports industry, because people are rocking it, they're loving it. You're seeing it in a lot of big outlets now. That no other brand can compete with Roto in terms of quality. They're premium blend fabric, super soft, comfortable, athletic fit shirts. They specialize with a special, special printing process. The design is part of the shirt. Literally, it is, it is dyed and bleached into the fabric. No thick ink. If you use the promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S, you get 20% off your order. Again, promo code DEGENS, D-E-G-E-N-S. Check their site out. Check them Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. They're always giving away free shirts. And then when you go to purchase the ones you want for you, your loved ones, your friends, your family, whatever, use promo code DGENS D-E-G-E-N-S, for 20% off your order. Now back to this week's episode of Bench with Bubba. The next guy we're looking at here, he's been on a – well, let me preface first he's always been an extremely extremely streaky player now this is who Corey dickerson is he had the great last year rough second half he he started off pretty good this year kind of struggled a bit and he's been hot again for the last couple weeks a little banged up as we speak right now he's missed the last couple games he's not in the lineup on uh thursday night but Corey dickerson has been swinging really well he's probably available in most leagues right now um if you need power, he can run a little bit. What do you, he's, he's even hitting 318, even though he struggles from time to time. What are you thinking about a guy like Corey Dickerson?
2: Yeah, like you said right now, he's dealing with a little bit of hamstring discomfort, but I don't think it's that serious. The Pirates haven't indicated that it's that serious. Uh, I really like him, especially because he's been batting leadoff for the Pirates. You know, A lot of good uh, run potential there, and he is hitting some home runs, and the batting average, and he's stealing a little bit. I kind of like Jake Bowers, he, he doesn't do anything excellent except for maybe batting average, uh, but he does everything well. So I really like Corey Dickerson. Uh, obviously, the hamstring thing is something to look at going forward, but I don't think it's going to end up being a big deal.
1: Yeah, if, if you had to pick between Dickerson or Bowers, which direction would you go?
2: Uh, ooh. Probably Corey Dickerson for right now.
1: Okay, I can dig that. Uh, let's talk about a guy that, that everybody wrote off about two months into the season, and he slowly got it going. Slowly got it going. The month of June, he hit 259 with three homers, and um, and swiped two bags. But in July, he's crushing it, hitting 348, six stolen bases, three home runs, with 12 RBIs in 19 games. We're talking Ruben Odor, another guy that's still pretty darn young, and people are thinking, okay, it's never going to happen for this guy. And he has really starting to figure it out. It looks like is this like a must have in pretty much all leagues right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people coming into the season. Uh, I don't like people who don't walk, and that's that's door in a nutshell. But he is walking at a 7.6 walk percent walk rate after only a 4.9 percent last year. So he is improving at the plate. He's got a seven game hit streak going. You know, he's going to give you those home runs and steals. Uh, I I. I regret writing him off uh, because I think he could have a big second half.
1: Yeah, I I think in this next couple months, as the weather continues to be be hot in Texas, he's going to really enjoy life down there. I wouldn't be shocked if we see another – you know, he could could easily be another 15-home run guy the way he hits the ball and the way he's running right now. He could be a 15-15 in just the next two months. Absolutely. that, that's just tremendous value. And he was available on a lot of waiver wires recently. I'm pretty sure he's, he's, he's gone in most places now, but uh, he was just sitting there for the pickets for many, many people. Let's talk about an Oakland A's outfield, not Chris Davis, who is absolutely earning the nickname of Crush right now. Six home runs in the last like four games or whatever it is. He's just, it's ridiculous. But another outfielder has been playing really, really well for Oakland, and he was in your article as well, the Steven Piscotty in the month of July alone hitting 308 with seven homers he has 11 homers in june and july together that's 11 of his uh 14 home runs he's really starting to swing it well what are you doing with a guy like steven piscotti the rest of the way
2: uh i'm definitely adding him i've been a steven piscotti uh since he was with the cardinals uh you know he's homered in two of his last three games the only disappointing thing is, is he had been batting third and second in the lineup, and now he's back to batting sixth, despite uh, playing really well. And that's because he was he was just giving other people days off in the lineup. Um, that's why he was hitting so high. So I'd like to see him hit a little higher in the lineup. But Oakland's lineup's not bad. So batting sixth, they'll still have the RBI opportunities. He, uh, you know he he's only batting i think around 250ish right now but he has good average upside with decent power so I like Scotty
1: yeah and that uh, like you said that offense isn't bad they're playing so well right now there's I think over the last I think it's 35 games or something like that I saw a tweet today they're averaging almost six runs a game they're uh they're doing just fine from top to bottom in that order so it doesn't really hurt as much as it usually could. All right, this is the one that pains me. You mentioned his name earlier, is Jonathan Scope, and it's like it's pretty ironic. I was in a discussion with four or five other guys on Twitter, a big group chat on the live feed, and we were all talking about how he's garbage, he shouldn't be drafted next year, blah 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 blah. And then he just goes on this absolute tear. Jonathan Scope is crushing baseballs, six homers in the month of July, hitting .367. Um, he was horrible up to July. He was very very bad at baseball. But he's starting to get it going. Is this a thing we trust or do we kind of stay away? Uh,
2: I'm still I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic about scope. Uh, I really enjoyed his breakout season last year. Uh, this is another guy even though I just kind of like odor he doesn't walk that much and that kind of pains me. He has homework in his last three games. You know, we've already mentioned that he's still young at 26. You know, he, he could have a massive, massive second half, but the Orioles lineup obviously isn't as deadly without Manny Machado. He is batting second for them in the lineup, which isn't bad. But, uh, he, you know, he's unownable in, on base percentage leagues, I think, unless he keeps up this massive tear, which he won't. He will cool off somewhat eventually, so...
1: Now, what's your thoughts? Because he's rumored to be in trade talks, and you can't only speculate for now. But say he goes to a contending team that needs him. Say it's he goes to a team like the Brewers or another team that needs a middle infielder. Does that make you maybe want to give him more of a chance, or are you still worried he's going to struggle so much it's just not worth it?
2: Uh, I don't think it makes too much of a difference. He's you know in a hitter's ballpark already in Baltimore and in the AL East, so – I don't think a trade would change my mind too much on him.
1: Fair enough. All right, let's talk about a handful of pitchers now that are – and there's plenty more bats to go, um, but let's talk some pitchers. Carlos Rodon, this is a kid in Chicago that we've wanted to see be something great for so long, and he could never stay healthy. I remember watching him at NC State, and he was crushing it. And he's back now, and it took him a little bit to get going, but his last three starts, two runs or less in all three, six or more innings. Six or more Ks. That was at the Angels against St. Louis and at Houston. So not the just cakewalks that some teams get to face. What are you thinking about a guy like Carlos Rodon the rest of the way? Because it looks like he's starting to possibly find that form we once saw.
2: This is another guy I kind of wrote off. He'd burned me too many times. I'm with you, man. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm starting to believe again. You know, He took a no-hitter against the Angels into the sixth inning. Uh, you know, as you said, three good outings. His ERA is down to 3.38 with a 1.11 whip. So, you know, I, I, I'm i starting to believe again, but he's burned me more than once. So I, it also wouldn't surprise me to see him regress either.
1: Yeah. No, he, he's just that kind of tilting guy because, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> I don't know the proper way to say it because, he, every time you want to get on board with him, he just has that blow up. Because before these last three, he had a five run run game, then a two run run, then a six run run, and a three. It just like it kept going back and forth and back and forth, and you just never knew where it was going to go. But you know, peripheral wise, he just looks so darn good. And um, I think if you're him, like what size league do you, would you not take him in? Ten.
2: Yeah, no, he. I don't. I wouldn't take him in a ten team league. I would, about think, you know, 12 and up, uh, okay. depending on the matchup, I wouldn't start him every time out, uh, especially if he was playing a team like Boston or the Yankees or something like that. I don't think I'd start him, but most other teams I'd trust him with right now.
1: Okay. Let's talk about a fun one because it uh, goes to my backyard. Talk about the giants for a second here. Uh, Derek Rodriguez, the son of Pudge Rodriguez. And I think, to be fair to him, it might be the last time I say that because I feel like he's earned the right to be Derek Rodriguez himself, not the son of Pudge Rodriguez. He's been darn good. Outside of um, his first start, he gave up four runs. His third start, he gave up five. Since then, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight starts of three and runs or less. He is getting five or more Ks in almost every start. You know, the kid's bringing a 2.72 ERA to the mound, and his FIPs and FIPS seem legit. Um, what's your thoughts on Derek Rodriguez? Because right now they're not moving him out of that rotation.
2: No, not with the five and one record. Uh I really like him because he pitched well in the PCL league. Uh Which that impressed So I, I think he has the stuff to play. If he can play in the PCL league, he can play in the major leagues. So uh I like him a lot.
1: Um just kind of spitball on here, and we don't have to go too deep into it if you don't have anything ready. But uh, a couple other arms. The Giants are interesting. Like, Rodriguez's spot seems pretty safe. You got guys like Andrew Suarez and Derek Holland who have both been very usable, but kind of rocky spots. Do you see rostering either of those guys as well, or is it just Derek Rodriguez?
2: Um, probably just Derek Rodriguez outside of the deeper, deeper leagues.
1: Okay. Let's talk about one that I just can't figure out for the life of me yet. He's a Miami Marlins pitcher, which is always confusing to begin with but he starts to seem like he's getting it together here. Three straight starts of two run runs or less. He has a 4 one. You Look at his game logs overall. He's been pretty good. Strikeouts are you know, not bad. His name is Trevor Richards, and he gives up some good hard contact, but pitcher-friendly ballpark for home starts. He's not going to lose his job most likely. What's your thoughts on Trevor Richards, who's been putting it together of late?
2: Yeah, he's had uh, two good games in a row, I believe. But uh, my problem with him is he rarely goes deep into ball games. He only has five quality starts on the season, and obviously he only has three wins because he's on the Miami Marlins. And I don't see that improving. Um, I mean, maybe he could improve on the quality starts, but right now it's just it's hard to start him in win and quality start leagues because he's not getting either right now.
1: Yeah, now that, that's, that's where I've always been confused with him because I, I just kind of stopped caring about him as, as bad as that sounds because he just doesn't do enough for me for what he's doing. Um, I'd almost rather take like a Ryan Yarborough who plays the opener. He starts after the opener in Tampa Bay half the time. Uh, it's just it's really weird with that situation with, Tyler, uh, with uh, Trevor Richards. Now let's talk about a guy that's defying all logic uh, when it comes to Coors Field these days, Tyler Anderson, the lefty for the Rockies, who's been pitching really, really well this year, and very, very well at home. Uh, another great start his last time out. Um, there's not much else heavy area overall, and you're you're dominating at home. You haven't given up, given up more than one or run in six starts or five starts. That's pretty darn good. What's your thoughts on Tyler Anderson?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of think of Tyler Anderson as the John Gray of this year, uh, being able to pitch for the Rockies. He does. He goes deep into ball games. He's gone six and more innings in his last six starts and eight of his last nine. He's got good strikeout numbers. Uh, I like t- Tyler Anderson a lot.
1: You mentioned John Gray. What's your thoughts on John Gray? Who uh, you know he had one really good start and came back and he pitched okay against the Astros. Even both starts have been in Coors Field. Do we think that maybe kind of that one start in the minors clear your head worked and we're back on track, or are you still really cautious?
2: I'm always cautious when it comes to Rocky pitchers, but I do like John Gray. You know, the strikeout numbers are always nice. So if he does figure it out, if he has figured it out, uh, I do like him the rest of the way.
1: Nice. Um, Let's talk about one that's going to make people throw If they're listening to the podcast, they're going to be like, why the heck did you guys talk about this guy? But – be fair he has pitched he's been usable of late let's put it that way and most of the times when I'm thinking fantasy baseball I I think you know 12 teams at the at the least and I'm I'm thinking more 15 team type stuff or even deeper but James Shields is a name outside of and he even pitched well until the blow-up inning yesterday against the Angels he's he blows up like every three or four starts but in between those starts he's been extremely usable like extremely usable is this a guy that you are into at least streaming these days? Because in the old days, he wasn't even a streamable option.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I one of my friends said it best when it uh, comes to James Shield, and it's shield yourself from shields. You know, he's had two blow up games in his last four. I just i I wouldn't trust him with my ratios, even in the spot start.
1: Yeah, no, that that's understandable for sure. He's very, very sketchy. Um, are there any other, you know, kind of bats or pitchers you're looking at in the second half that kind of have your attention?
2: Uh, yeah, let me give me a second to pull him up. Uh, you know, Vertigo for the for the uh, sorry for the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, paying attention to him, he went two for four in his last start against the Phillies. Uh, batting lower in the lineup, he's batting eighth, so kind of, uh, you know, problem there. Uh, I'd I'd like to see him, uh, with his average upside bat higher in the lineup, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I do like Vertigo, uh, for the Dodgers. Uh, Jairo Munoz for the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, He's been playing very well since he got called back up again. He's got a 292 average with six home runs and five steals, and he started in four of the last five games. Now, again, he's another guy that's batting lower in the lineup, but he'll get you some steals to get you home runs. Uh, he was obviously in, involved in the Steven Piscotia trade this offseason. Uh, he's only 3% owned in Yahoo leagues, so he's an unknown, uh, really unknown guy, and he's got third base and shortstop eligibility. So I, I do like Jairo Munoz going forward, and it seems like the new manager wants him to play.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, you mentioned the Dodgers, and it, it sparked my interest because I heard something today. What are your thoughts on Walker Buehler? He really hasn't looked like that stud for a while now.
2: Yeah, he was a guy I was really excited to own early on. Uh, I made a couple of trades for him in the offseason. And I was really excited from what I was seeing from him, but you know, you know, he had that injury before coming back, and also in the minors. And he was he was okay against start against the Angels, five innings, you know, five strikeouts. But he did he's still getting the strikeouts, but the ratios aren't there. But I, I think we got to just you know he's he's young. I think we got to give him time. I I still like Bueller.
1: Um, let's have some fun here. I, I was having this debate with someone yesterday, and this isn't, it doesn't even have to be fantasy related. But um, when it comes to the Indians, ace of their staff, Kluber is struggling tremendously of late for Kluber standards. I said Trevor Bauer is the ace of the staff. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a, it was quite the debate. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, right now I wouldn't disagree with you. Uh, I Kluber is Kluber, and I think he'll be just fine. Uh, I I love Kluber because he's one of those old school guys. He'll go nine innings, you know. So I I think he'll right the ship, you know. But yeah, right now Trevor Bauer is probably the ace of the um,
1: Steven Strasberg Strasburg went back to the DL today, and he had that little. You know, he came back for one start, didn't look good, got in a fight with Scherzer, went to the dugout. He's back to the DL, and it's saying a cervical nerve impingement, which doesn't sound pretty at all. And when you talk about nerves, you can't really dictate when that's going to be healed or anything. What do you do with a, a guy like Scher- or Strasburg? You can't really just drop him, but this could... He could be taking up a roster spot for a while, assuming you don't have any DL spots left, of course. But uh, do, you, do you like just sit on him? Do you drop him? Do you try to trade him? Like, What do you do with a guy like Steven Strasburg?
2: I'm actually in that situation right now in a couple leagues where I've already got my DL spots built up and he's there.
1: That's what uh, I figured. I,
2: I tried to trade him before the injury. I, I couldn't get any deals done. Uh, you know the ones that were offered I didn't like so I think you just gotta sit on him right now he, he's not a droppable guy because he's one of the best pitchers in baseball when he's healthy so, but you know if it yeah. comes to you need the spot you you're, you're just out of the playoffs and you're you're in a push maybe drop him then but I just I want to wait till more news comes out.
1: Yeah, and I agree. It's really hard to drop a guy of that caliber. But that's why I ask because, you know, I know how my teams are and your your DL spots are pretty swamped by this. They, they were swamped by like the end of April, let alone this point of the year. And um, you're in the stretch run where you can't just be wasting roster spots if you're close. If you're not close, then probably don't help out the guys up top. But if you're battling it out, like you said – you got to start making those weird decisions that some people will really kind of critique, but it's what you got to do. So it makes sense in that respect. While we're on the Washington Nationals, a start that surprised me yesterday was uh, Tanner Rourke, 11 strikeouts against the Brew Crew, and I believe seven shutout innings. It was absolutely filthy, especially after pitching so bad for a while now. Is he a guy you might look to get back on the train with? Because he used to be a model of consistency for us.
2: He did. Uh, it's been two or three years now, I think, something like yeah. that. Uh, but uh, looking at it, the strikeout numbers are there. The wins aren't, but he's got he's got twelve quality starts, which isn't that bad actually. Uh, even though the ERA is four point five five. Uh, looking at it, you know he's gone six innings or more in three of his last five starts. Uh, not all of them have been pretty. Uh, even though he went deep, uh, I, I I'd give him a couple more starts uh, because he had three really bad starts in a row before that eight inning gym. So. Okay.
1: Yeah. No. He seems like a guy who will be on a lot of waiver wires, and you know when you're when you're picking between the kind of flash in the pan guy or a Tanner Rorke, sometimes the guy like Tanner is the better play because of what you're going to get in the long term. So. Keep an eye on that. Uh, one other pitcher I want to mention, too, he faced Tanner Rourke yesterday, at least for a couple innings, is the the, the hard-throwing youngster, Freddie Peralta, who he's been outstanding this year. He gave up seven runs yesterday, still has an ERA below 3.6, even with those seven runs. So it goes to show how well he's pitching. Lots of swing and strike stuff. I'm imagining the Brewers are going to stick with him in the rotation because they've had rotation issues unless they go trade for someone. Are you just kind of thinking this is kind of a blip on the radar? It's going to happen with a young pitcher, or are you concerned about Freddie Peralta? I'm
2: not too concerned about him. Uh, You know, the strikeouts are still there, even with the lackluster results. So I I, I think his stuff will still play going forward. Uh, I see his next starts uh, against the Dodgers. So uh, I'd I'd feel comfortable starting him against the Dodgers, even with the blow-up games. You know, it's going to happen with young pitchers.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you there. Um, I had this debate as well, besides the Kluber and Bauer debate. Now, take stolen bases out of the equation, because stolen bases kind of definitely makes it more one-sided. But if you just do the other four major categories, I know when you're drafting, you have to factor in stolen bases. Well, it's just for fun discussion here. Would you rather have Jose Ramirez or Alex Bregman to start next season? Ooh... Because Jose has more stolen bases, so that sways it when you're thinking then. But if you take that out of the equation, which, one's, which one would you rather have?
2: I mean, Ramirez is having the better season, but Bregman has the better lineup. Uh, uh. I think Bregman, I think you know he continues to grow. Uh, I Coming into the season, I didn't see Jose Ramirez having the season he did now. I, I saw him having another you know, maybe 20 home run season. Uh, but obviously he succeeded all my expectations, and uh, my fantasy teams are really happy about it. But I, I think I'd go Bregman. I think he continues to grow.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Jesus Aguilar is for you know he was so white hot. Eventually the slowdown was going to happen. He's kind of slumping a bit for the last week or so. Do you ride out the Jesus Aguilar wave, or do you try to trade him as soon as you can?
2: Uh, I'd write it out. Uh, this, is, this year is his first opportunity to play every day. Uh, he's, he's going to have down stretches. Every hitter is going to have them. So I think it's just a, a phase. He'll, you know, heat back up again.
1: All right. Last question I got for you, then we'll wrap it up. Rest of the season, which rookie would you rather have Ronald Acuna Jr. or Juan Soto? And Acuna's been playing much better now he's leading off.
2: Uh, I think I like Juan Soto just a little bit better than Acuna. Yeah,
1: that's, that's where I would go as well. I think the more consistent power, spot in the order, all that kind of production stuff stands out a lot more. But uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's going to be a fun couple months, let's put it that way. But um Andrew? Thanks for joining me, man. That was a lot of fun. Uh, any final thoughts going, you know, trade deadline? Just baseball in general. Any, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah,
2: I think it's this trade has been crazy because everyone's been traded before the deadline. Where we're, I, I don't think we're gonna see as much action at the deadline because of all the action before then. So, it, it, it's definitely been an interesting week.
1: Yeah, no, they're definitely moving and shaking way earlier than normal. We still have till Tuesday, I think, like 4 Eastern. And most of the, most of the action's happening. There's reports right before we started that the Cubs are really trying to crunch down on Cole Hamels. Um, the only thing that's going to change things up is now the reports that the Nationals are really looking inside to see if they need to start selling. And I swear, if they start selling, it could get interesting because the, the asking price for Bryce Harper would be very entertaining. Very, very entertaining because oh, okay. – He's not going home, so you might as well trade the guy the way I look at it. But it'd <laughs> be really interesting because you'll get like, – I know the structure is different now, but I think you're going to get still two draft picks of compensation for a Harper. So you got to make sure that return is pretty darn good. Yeah. But all right, everybody, check him out on Twitter at FantasyAid1, A-I-D-1. Uh, great stuff he puts out on Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Front Office with those boys we love over there. We've had pretty much almost all of them on the podcast by now awesome guys over there and he's writing for us over at the Sports dgens as well so awesome stuff go check him out and andrew thanks for joining me man
2: yeah thanks for having me
1: everybody this is bench with bubba episode 109 catch you guys later